This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products, go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com and use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. They have everything from tonics to rub-ons to lotions. This is more geared towards the athlete, but if you're an everyday person or a blue-collar person that has a hard-working job, and if you're on your feet all day or if you use your muscles all day, this is just as good for you as it is for athletes. Go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. If you're a woman that so happens to be listening to the show, thank you very much. Like I say every week, please go to poppyapparel.com, use promo code THEPODCAST, you'll receive 10%. It's a women's clothing store that's online. They ship worldwide. If you spend more than $50, they ship for free. They have everything from top to bottom that a woman needs or wants for every season. The fall season is now upon us. If you're in the northeastern part of North America, you know how it is. You have the hot days, the cold days, so you want something for every day. They have it all. So just go to poppyapparel.com, use promo code THEPODCAST. And lastly, if you're into collectibles of any sort, if you're sports collectible, if you're into comic books, if you're into wrestling, this place has it all. Go to firstrow.ca. They are first row collectibles. This is a Canadian website. Everything you find there is in Canadian dollars and they ship worldwide. So for all you American listeners, you'll get it at a little cheap rate. But if you want even a better rate, use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll receive 20% off. They update daily. So go check out what they have there. It is again firstrow.ca. So let's get on to this week's guest. He has worked on such projects as The Chair, Zombie with a Shotgun, and Preacher 6. Actor, filmmaker, Mr. Kyle Hester. Hey, hey. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. No, I'm thrilled that you're here because obviously I've done episodes in the past by myself, but it's always better when you're talking to someone instead of talking to yourself, I find. Well, I guess it depends upon who you're talking to, but I can understand what you're saying. <laughs> oh, again, I don't want to call out guests and people know I'm as raw and as real as it gets. There has been some guests in the past where I tell you the truth. I'd rather have been talking to myself. <laughs> hey, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. So, you know, what, what are you going to do? Take it, your role with these things. It's true. And you can't get along with everyone. That's what I figured out as I've aged through life. Yeah, I think that when you try to try to get along with everybody, then you're not yourself anymore. Right? You know? It's true. And I just would rather, and if I have more people who hate me than like me, and I'm, and I'm myself and I'm happy, mind you, it, if you're not a horrible person, you're not fucking out there killing people or doing horrible things. If it's just your personality that you're an asshole, then who cares? Like, that's the person. If you don't want to be beside them, who cares? But if that person's happy with who they are inside, let them be, no? But yeah, I think so. I think you kind of, you know, you're... You'll find yourself uh, surrounded by people of like mind. And so, yeah, that's all good. It's Let true. people be who they are. And uh, yeah. And people got to realize it's not in abundance, it's quality. Because 
as you get older, it's true, you tend to see that there's more horrible people in this world than there are good people. So if you only have a few select people around you, I think you've been doing something well versus having a whole bunch of, mind you, unless you're like in some sort of business where you have to interact and communicate with people, that's sort of different. But I mean like inner circle. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, I don't, about the, uh, you know, more horrible people than good people, I think that uh, you will find that people are easily swayed. Okay. So I think that whatever the, the kind of the sign of the times is, you know, uh, is, is what's going to be going on, you know, like uh, for sure in today's world, um, you'll find a good amount of, uh, of rabid kind of crazy assholes out there. Um, and I'm not really sure like who, who gave permission for everyone to all of a sudden be an asshole. But it's like, I think that when, when you uh, see that like certain behaviors are okay and, and it becomes easy to kind of mirror or emulate it's because uh, it's like yeah i'm okay hey he's an asshole i can be an asshole so yeah cool let's do that you know so i think uh i think i think humans are kind of uh, predictable in that way which is which is how you see you know what you see in politics today well it's true it's it's the herd mentality and also hiding behind social media where even we were talking about this before we went on air that People are hiding behind something, so there's not really a face to it, so it's easier to be an asshole. Definitely, definitely. I, I call it the, uh, the the keyboard, you know, keyboard bravery, that kind of thing. I mean, it's because I, I DM a lot um, right. just for what I do to let people know what I'm up to and whatnot. And, um, and the responses that I get are just insane. You know, it's like you would never <laughs> talk to somebody like that. So I always respond. Nice. You know, I always respond politely politely and respectfully okay. but basically say it like this uh, like yesterday um <laughs> this uh this older guy uh wrote to me and something about you know i have a patreon you know and i was letting him know about the patreon and and so he he wrote back and he's something like uh you know uh in the spirit of you know being an asshole i'm not gonna like you know support people that you know want to basically you know leech off of the you know people and nobody gave me anything you know that kind of thing so that he goes off on this whole diatribe right. of just like garbage you know <laughs> so i wrote back it's like hey right on man well it's nice to meet you i think uh retirement has made you kind of an asshole <laughs> but uh have a great day <laughs> you know and right. that's and that's like all that i will respond with is kind of like to reflect the person that you just showed me Right. You know, it's like, so, so yeah, you know, but I respond to everyone, whether it's good or bad. And, um, and I think that some people are, are, uh, surprised when they get a response because they'll write back like, Oh, I didn't think it was really you, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, no, it's really me. And you were a dick just now, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh my God. It's funny what you call them. Cause I call them keyboard warriors. So it's pretty much almost on the same vein. Cause I bring it up again. The listeners know about all these uh, I guess rants that I go on every so often, but it's the same people over and over. The people who hide, the people this and that, and I don't know. What can you do, right? I guess it's a part of life now. You either got to deal with it or just be stressed out about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, yeah, it's, it's whatever. You know, it kind of goes back to people are going to be who they are, and they will show you who they are. And then once they do show you, then you can believe them because that's who they are. Oh, shit. So, born and raised in New Orleans? Yeah. Yeah, it's born in New Orleans. Uh, my family was basically settled New Orleans before it was New Orleans. So it's like oh, wow. I have a lot of you know history through there, through the American Revolution and the, the whole deal. Oh, shit. Okay, because I've never been to New Orleans and I've always wanted to go. So I, I want to know a few things. How? Okay, you only see the just of it on TV. How crazy really is Mardi Gras? It's as crazy as you think it is. Really? Yeah, for sure. Because it's kind of like the mentality of, uh, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's like once you get kind of once you're in, in the French Quarter, okay. it's like, uh, you know, people are just there ready to, to have a good time and let loose. And and, um, and that's that's what they do. So, yeah, it's definitely a place to uh, to to go have a good time for sure. And how about the food? Because I heard the food is to die for as well. The food is amazing. It's like you have so many different cultures that are basically, you know, founded in southern Louisiana, you know, like 
Creole, you have like uh, right. black and Spanish and French and Italian. So you have all of these cultures that came together, and it's kind of like that's what makes up gumbo. You know, right. it's like a bunch of different flavors, and, <laughs> and you know, so yeah, it's 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 awesome. And now my final question about New Orleans, since Halloween is upon us. Are you not okay? You've grown up there, whatever. But I'm scared shitless to go there and get hexed on, or get my head shrunken, or some voodoo shit happen to me. How is living there and growing up there? What is that culture of of that whole? I don't even know what to call it. What do you guys call it down there? Like the voodooism, the the witchery. Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like I think even even the way that uh, that you. Uh, just spoke about it i think it's it's i think there's a lot of misconception you know about that whole thing i mean like the voodoo right is, it's just basically you know and and a religion you know that that involves spirits and you know ancestors and and all that kind of stuff so it's not evil and it's not like scary and nobody's going to shrink a head or anything so i think it's uh yeah it's it's like, like once once people like from basically everyone before um, before Christianity, like everybody kind of had many gods and like we're, we're worshiping, you know, the uh, the seasons and the sun and the moon and, you know, all the kind of stuff that, that like brings people all together. Right. So and I think that, uh, that that's really all that it's all about. But a lot of the fear about those things was put on the world by Christianity because uh, they were trying to become the dominant religion. So that's right. why you presented that to me like you just did. Right, exactly. And it goes both ways. Like, obviously, living up here in Toronto I, and never being down there, I wouldn't know. Again, it's just seeing in what you read, just like how some Americans think that we're still behind the times, we still live in igloos and all this shit too, right? So it's sort of a two-way street, and yeah. that's why I like to bring this up every so often. Not as if, as I'm becoming off ignorant, but just so the... I guess the major mass of whoever listens could be like, oh, so what you see on TV sometimes isn't the truth. Because like you said, for Mardi Gras, it's, it's the opposite. What you see on TV, it's totally what you get. But with what we just talked right, about, right. it's the complete opposite, right? So it's like, what do you believe? What, what don't you believe? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that like uh, the more, you know, the more we can kind of like, you know, get information, share information about, you know, different stuff that we don't know, the better. So, right. Yeah. Now, Let's get into your acting. (laughs) Let's get into your acting first. What? When did you get? Because I I know you majored in theater and and in dance. But what what got you into acting? What made you want to do it? What was the first thing you saw that inspired you to actually think that you could do this for a living? All right. Um, Basically, it was uh, the seventh grade. This is no joke. Okay. This is uh, like the seventh grade. I'm, uh, there's this TV show called Fame, um, which is about the performing arts high school in New York. Okay. And, um, and I saw like all these people, you know, having a good time and dancing on lunch tables and, right. you know, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, where does that happen? Can I do that? You okay. know? So then, uh, yeah. So then I, I ended up getting into drama class in the seventh grade and, um, and then I, I found out that where I was living then was Houston, Texas. And oh. it was, it, there was a performing arts high school in Houston. So I auditioned for that. And, um, and then I went to the performing arts high school in Houston. I mean, basically, so it's been a thing for me since, since I was in junior high school. Wow. That's crazy. So what was your first major gig? Um, well, my first major gigs... I think I would say my first major thing was um, the Alliance Theater in Atlanta. Okay. And that was, uh, yeah, so that was like the, the Alliance Theater is like a big, uh, like the big, you know, 1500 seat, you know, thing. And so I did a couple of shows there and then um, did the movie called Andersonville, which was written by, no, no, it was directed by John Frankenheimer about okay. uh, the American Civil War. And, um, and that was that was my first like holy shit this is like this is the real deal so that was amazing i could only imagine and obviously from there you were hooked right <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i mean no no there was like there was like no turning back you know i was hooked <laughs> uh, i was hooked in high school you oh, know shit. so oh, 
and that's rare. I mean, not not many people like know what they want to do, right. you know, in, in high school. So I don't know why, you know, I caught that particular bug, but it was like, you know, it got its hooks in me. It was like, okay, you're doing this. It's like, okay, I'm doing this. So that's kind of how it was. And now the dancing part. Did you get any role of just dancing? Like, what type of dance? First off, I'm I'm, I'm interested now. Cool. Well, I took um I took all kinds of dance. I oh, took uh okay. I took you know ballet and, and tap and jazz and um actually I was in a jazz dance company when I got out of high school. Oh wow! And I did a show in Houston at the Tower Theater. Okay. Um, with the Delia Stewart Jazz Company, and um, so yeah, I mean, that was fun. I you know, <laughs> so yeah, but uh, a, a lot of different. So everything that I like have done like through through classes and in my dance and all that is, is definitely helped in this crazy thing called film. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take back any of it. It was all awesome. And okay. Now I need to know what's the weirdest or most wackiest thing that ever happened to you so far as an actor. Um, <laughs> well, okay. There was, I, I won't name the name, but, sure. um, but when, when I was filming the chair, um, I was basically, there was this, this actor, he was really big. He only worked for a couple of days and, um, and I, I played one of the prison guards and he was one of the not prison guards. So he was one of the prisoners. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I'm like, you know, my, at this part of the scene, we're like walking him down, you know, the, uh, the hallway, uh, to the jail cell. And um, he's supposed to like struggle a little bit, you know, like acting, you know, like that kind of thing. Like we're not really doing this, but we're we're acting like you're struggling since you're like right. twice as big as me. But no, he decided that he was gonna like throw us around. Oh so God. like, so there's me. I'm holding onto his arm, and he's like, you know, basically whipping me around like <laughs> I'm a rag doll, and I, and I end up getting thrown into the wall. Oh you know, during during the uh, <laughs> the scene, and the wall is just a, a flat, it's a set wall. It's not like a real wall. Right. So then the whole prison goes, Bong, you know, cut. <laughs> You know, and I was like, are, are we, like, really doing this? Are we acting? What's going on? You know, so so I'd say that was the weirdest thing. Oh, my God. But did he realize after the fact that he did something wrong, or did anyone tell him anything? Yeah, the director said, let's, like, relax a little bit. Okay, okay. You know, kind of, like, smooth it out after that. But it was like, holy shit, what are we doing here? Oh, my God. Well, speaking of the chair... One of the people that worked on it, because I'm a huge wrestling fan, was Roddy Piper before he passed away. Did you have any interaction with him on set or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We worked together the whole time. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, he, he was he was awesome. He was such a nice guy. And, like, uh, if you haven't seen it I, and you like horror, I would definitely, you know, watch The Chair. You can see it's on Tubi. It's, like, streaming for free. You can see it on Tubi. Oh, okay. Um and uh yeah it it was like he was great gave a great great amazing performance and it was just the nicest guy that you would ever want to know oh that's awesome to hear because again being seeing them on tv and everything it's always different than what you know behind the scenes right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he played one of the greatest i guess heels what they call villains for wrestlers of all time so to hear that he's an actual great guy i guess it goes hand in hand on how good his acting is probably right i think so I think so. Yeah, he 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 was definitely the showman, you know, in all that he did. Now you're also involved in a few other horror movies, like I mentioned, uh, Zombie with a Shotgun, which has good. Uh, there's actually going to be a release date soon, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, actually, I should probably talk to Hilton today, but um, we we should know very soon when it's going to be available, and it's got that's going to be out on on Amazon. For rental and purchase on Amazon, um, I would I think relatively soon. So if you know you can follow either me or follow at Zombie with a with the shotgun, and and that release date will be out pretty soon. Yeah, and shout out to Hilton Ariel Ruiz, uh, former podcast guest as well. And yeah, I can't wait to watch this one too because again, I've sort of seen from when it started to now where it's ready to be released. So I can't wait to watch it myself for sure. But the whole point of bringing up uh, more horror movies and even uh, your newest project, Preacher 6, are you a horror buff? Do you like horror or is this something you just sort of fell into and that you're good at? Um, okay, well, I, okay, let's just say this. Um, the Chair is definitely a horror film. Okay. Um, 
zombie with a shotgun is it's uh i'd say it's like an art house mind fuck zombie film okay so it's it's uh so it's not a horror film in that respect either and preacher six is um is like an action demon killing quentin tarantino type film so uh, so i would say as far as horror um there's a similar vein in that uh, you know there's some elements of it but the only horror film that i've done is the chair Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, again, but like you said, there is sort of, because obviously when someone hears about demons, they consider that horror. Like you said, zombies too is considered horror. But going back to your original question, are you still a horror buff? Oh, yeah. I, dude, my, the first the first film that I ever saw that was like, holy shit, I have to do films because this is amazing, was The Shining oh, with okay. Jack Nicholson. So, so yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, but that that kind of horror, like I'm not really into, you know, slasher horror, like that kind of thing. That's not my jam. Oh, um, I see. Okay. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but The Shining was like probably my favorite movie. Okay, see, I'm the complete opposite. I'm more of the hack and slasher and the old school '80s horror genre for some reason. I, maybe oh. because I'm an '80s baby myself. Maybe that's why. So has I sort right of on. grew up with it. So I'm. Totally into Friday the Thirteenth. Totally into Nightmare on Elm Street. Like all that old stuff. Oh no no! I I love I love that. I'm Nightmare on, Nightmare on Elm Street. I I love that whole series. That's like okay. so so creative and like uh, just like terrifying. Like what they what they did, you know, with that whole thing. So yeah, no, I'm, I and the Hellraisers. And so uh, yeah, I'm, yes. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I guess I guess what I was talking about was more like Saw. Oh, like see, but I like Saw as well because of the, well, mind you, the first few ones are all right, but then it just got it out of hand because it was the same thing over and over. But that first one where it was sort of like, you did, I'm, I love hack and slash when you don't know who the killer is. Right. And that's sort of, yeah. I guess, moving forward, you could only have so many Jasons, so many leather faces walking around, right? So you sort of have to have that methodical approach to it where it's still gory and gruesome. But at the same time, there's sort of a mindfuck to it, right? Oh, I, I think there has to be. You know, there's, there's got to be something that uh, that keeps the audience guessing, because otherwise, it's like you know, the you, audiences are not stupid. You know, so know. it's like you, you, there's got to be some mystery, you know, to to any film, or you know, can be like, oh yeah, no, I saw the trailer, I don't have to watch it. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. So. <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> what about remakes? Are you a fan of uh, all these new remakes of horror movies? I am not a fan of remakes. Okay. No. Um, yeah, I think that, I think it uh, it's a discredit to creativity. Oh. Okay. You know, I've never heard it from um, that way. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's like some things just when they were done originally just need to be left alone you know it's like when you when people like remake a movie and you're almost doing it like shot for shot and whatnot and you're comparing this movie to that movie mm-hmm. it's like well, what are we really doing here you know it's like it's kind of like putting on a play you know it's right. like if you're gonna go see a show like you know let's say chorus line for example mm-hmm. you know and you know that like you know what chorus line is and i want to see it oh this is the new cast of chorus line that's <laughs> killer this is like the road show right. you know as opposed to the show on broadway you know, it's like, oh, cool, same show, different cast. Then it's like, and I get that. It's like, okay, so this is the traveling, you know, movie show, the second part with the new cast and new director. Right. And so it's like, if you look at it like that, then it's like, all right. But it's not like that because it's not a show. It's a movie, you know? <laughs> right. So, you know, so it's, it's not true. like, you know, come on, man. You know, it's like, have, have, some, have some creativity. Put some, put some new shit out there. You know, I mean, that's like, uh, that's what we're, all about it's like preacher six is completely original like it's all new characters and i mean it's not new characters nobody's ever seen them so it's like right. they're characters you've never seen before right. you know so i think uh and same with you know and we're we're doing that it's a trilogy so okay. preacher six is a trilogy um as a movie series but there's no remakes of it you know of course so so we're gonna get to find out kind of the whole arc of all of these characters, you know, within it. And this is like indie film and, you know, grinding on and selling t-shirts to make it happen. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we won't have to sell t-shirts to make it happen, you know, 
forever. Hopefully, people pay to see the movies, and, and we get to uh, to keep making movies for the fans. No, most definitely, and it's true with with the remake thing. I'm not a big fan of it, but here's my problem. At the same time, I still want to watch it because it's a familiar character. Like again, as did the theme of me getting older is as I get older, I like more familiarity. It's not that I don't want to learn something new. It's just that there's so much out there nowadays that I'd rather I already have enough of what I like that could fill my 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 lifetime. You know what I mean? So to go and venture into something new is sort of hard. So to, for the remakes, as much as I hate to go watch them because the originals are always better, I just I don't know. I just want to like for example, I watched the remake of Chucky, and I hated it. I'm sorry to say, like no disrespect to whoever made it or whatnot, but. I like the original story better because they sort of flipped the story to make it more modernized because, again, with technology and social media and everything, right? So I was like, eh. But again, I still got the goosebumps when I saw, or so I thought I was going to see the Chucky that I grew up knowing, but even the doll itself I didn't like. And then that's the other thing. You have this perception of your head of something that you've grown up to see and you've watched that when you see something new, you're like, uh-uh, no, that's not it. And right away, no matter how good it is, it could be the best thing since sliced bread. You're not going to like it because it's not what you thought it used to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like once, going off of that, because like the original Chucky, you know, that was um, a real, that was a doll. Yes. You know, so then, so then you, you bring in a digital Chucky and it's, it's instantly not the same. So for people that know the original Chucky, just like you're saying, it's like you're you're not going to have that same attachment to it, right? You know, so it, it, it'd be like um, you know poltergeist. Like if, mm. if you know all of a sudden like the, the doll under the bed that came to get the little girl, right? If that was like a digital doll, you know, it's like it'd be different. You know, it's like what what is that? Because it was like you know, it's just a, it's just a different thing, and that's kind of goes back to why I think that like just leave those things alone, right? So that you're not disappointed by a recreation of of something. I mean, hey, you know, more power to you, man. If you got like two million bucks or whatever, and you want to, you know, redo something, then right. because you think, well, you know, like we're going to go like comic book, you know, use the same characters and like you know, redo a movie and and uh, and be able, be able to sell tickets because of that character and the familiarity with all that stuff. I mean, I understand the marketing of it. You no, know? of course. But um, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many like there's so many creative people and writers and yeah. directors and stories that are, are yet to be told that I think uh, I think it's lazy. I think mm. it can be lazy for people to sure. choose to do that. Well, even as me as a consumer, it's lazy. Like I just admitted, I just don't I want to stay in my lane and that's it. Right. So it goes both ways. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and believe me, I mean, it's just like you're saying, I mean, we're like having a conversation here and there's obviously an audience for it, you know, so, or they wouldn't do it. No, of course, you know? most definitely, yeah. but you brought it up too, so, I mean, uh, you brought it up, comic books, like, why does it work for comic books, but not for movies, because everyone always wants that story retold with the same characters, with the nuance of it being more modernized, right? But for movies, we don't tend to judge it that way. Like, So uh, to me, it, it's always sort of stupid. Well, I shouldn't use the word stupid, but more of a mindfuck when one certain art form could do something and it gets away with it, but another certain art form can't and it's called, like you said, like lazy and this, this and that, right? It's just weird. I, again, as a consumer. Yeah, no, what, I mean, that's an excellent point. And, and I don't have an answer for that. But uh, yeah, that's a great point. Because it, it, comic books are like that, you know, as people want to see, like, you know, this character doing other things, and I don't know, you know, or like Superman dressed up in a different outfit, or Batman's, you know, it's got like a new weapon, right? You, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I don't know, but it is certainly like that, you know. It's like you fall in love with the characters, and maybe it's like comics are different because it's like they're um, like books and. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm only, I'm spitballing here. So but no, yeah, I, yeah, I'm point. trying to think myself, and nothing could come to my mind. Like you said, I was gonna. You, I was gonna say something like maybe because they're fictional characters, but people in movies are fictional characters too. So it's right. like, or maybe because they don't really age in books versus as at the actors age as they get older, and then it's not the same person. I don't know. That's that's oh yeah. You know what? That's interesting. Maybe right? maybe that has something to do with it. Well, there's a reason why The Simpsons has been on the air for so many years, right? That's right. They never 
yeah, the characters never age. They're always the same. So in that part of your mind that you want to be lazy or stay in your lane, then it's easy for you because it's always, you're always a cousin. You're like, oh, even though if I had a bad week, even if I know something was wrong, I'm going to tune into the Simpsons and I'm still going to see Homer be an idiot and Bart be a smart ass. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And that, that makes perfect sense. I think, I think you have answered the riddle. <laughs> okay. Don't give me that much credit, man. <laughs> 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 oh shit. <laughs> But yeah, but you know what, I I don't mind when, not sort of like a remake, but when they sort of continue the story or they use the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sort of like how Marvel has done it, where they sort of crisscross back and forth. They're in this one big universe and the story keeps going on and you see sort of the same characters, certain stories. I think that's the best way if you want to really do a remake or get stay in that same type of, I guess, genre or whatever. You, you, you know what I'm saying? No, I do. I think that that's exactly what um, Marvel has done with the Avengers. No, exactly. And, and that's what I mean. Maybe that's the best route of going, like even with horror movies, like why not have like a Nightmare on Elm Street, but have it with different characters. It doesn't necessarily have to be Freddy. Maybe something happened down the street that's similar and then it all uh, accumulates to something huge where Freddy's involved or does this, like there's backstories to, to every movie, to every TV show, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I, I, I agree. I agree. And to me, okay, that's different from a remake because okay. that's like a continuation of a story. Oh, okay. You, you know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, yeah, having somebody, you know, those characters like into different things. I mean, you know, I think I haven't seen it yet, but there's a Death House. Have you seen Death House? Mm, what What's that? It sounds familiar. It's a, it's a horror film where they had a bunch of, uh, a bunch of different, um, actors from a bunch of different horror films um okay. i haven't seen it yet so i really can't speak on it but um right right so forget i said anything but <laughs> maybe we should watch it and we'll come back and talk about it <laughs> there you go <laughs> death house i'll put it on my list right after the chair then <laughs> right on right on well you touched on it too your patreon page so what is your patreon page all about what do people need to know why are you see- seeking people to help you what's your ultimate goal here all right. Well, the ultimate goal is to, to build like a, a team of film fans that want independent film to go forward. Okay. And um, and it's like I basically I've had so many fundraisers to get Preacher Six done, and also Zombie with Shotgun. We did the same thing with mm-hmm. you know Indiegogo and um, and GoFundMe, and you know and continuing along those routes. So basically what, I, what I'm looking to do is like get like an army of film fans together that want to see original content and then also be able to have access to like behind the scenes stuff and be kind of involved from, you know, the makings of a film okay. from the very beginning so that you kind of have like an inside seat on, on making a film. And like what oh, I cool. want to do with it, like on a bigger part of it is to power it with solar power. Ooh. So I want to get solar generators for the powering of the production like from beginning to end so i want to have like you know the solar panels and the generator and basically whether it's from me building the sets to you know powering the cameras and powering the led lights and i mean it will have restrictions on what i can do so i, I won't say it i can do a hundred percent with like the technology that we have now right. but my goal is to do as much of the films as possible with with solar power so that i'm having as small of a footprint as i can do well that's awesome to hear yeah because i'm all on board with that shit too like i'm a huge elon musk fan i love what that guy's doing and everything that's so you could be self-sustainable now and self-sustainable and be clean at the same time right that i think that's the, absolutely. the key absolutely because i mean it's basically the uh there's generators that you know most films use that just like the the gas generators with diesel yeah those things put out so much pollution, oh, like way more than a car. Yeah, um, it's just because of the way that they're designed, you know. So it's like by taking one generator off of the, you know, off of that situation and using solar power to do it. That's a lot of carbon that you're not putting into the air just by doing what I want to do. Mm. So, and it's the same with like electric cars. I mean, it's right. like you know, you you have like a, a for every electric car that replaces a you know a gas-powered car mm-hmm. it's like 
just think about all the driving that you've done like over your lifetime or just in a year right. where like you know one car and you put that as an electric car and then all that pollution that you did put out last year is no longer going out yep. I think it's just awesome it is I, like I love it and I think it is possible it's just again greedy corporation like, I, we've, I've talked about this over and over on the show as well so people know to death how it is but it's awesome that there's actually other like avenues and paths where you can have your green thumb so to speak and leave your your footprint or not your footprint so to speak your carbon footprint right so that, that's awesome for you yeah. to be doing what you're doing Thank you. Oh, by the way, let me tell you how to get there. So, yes, so, please. Of course. Patreon.com forward slash Kyle Hester actor guy. And that's all one word. Kyle Hester actor guy. Perfect. So, so go help out the man himself. Yeah. And the tears started like three bucks. Oh, okay. So it's so not, you you, yeah, it's not, it's not a lot, but so that's why it's more about building an army as opposed to like, you know, having a few people with, a bunch of money it's right. like if we can all try to make it happen so that's 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 my goal no that's awesome all right also in your film career like you've gone both sides you've been on both sides of the camera now besides acting what else have you done and what is your favorite part of being off air and not on the other side of the camera um well let's see well basically like as a producer as a creative producer um which is what i do um, you're kind of in charge of everything. Okay. So, so it's like you have to have your your hands in. You I mean you hire everybody, and you know, like you okay everything or don't yeah. okay everything. You know, so it's like the uh, the producer of a film, along with the director, really forms how it's going to look, like of what's going to happen with the film. And I, I love yeah. that because. I get to be a part of all of the creative process, mm. which is, um, which is awesome. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I've done everything besides just run a camera, okay. you know? Yeah. So, so if it's, but I mean, building sets and special effects and, you know, worked in the, in the grip and electric and so, yeah. So it's like, as a producer, you need to be able to kind of step in and do anything. Like if somebody gets sick, you need to be able to know how to do what they were doing so that you can make your day. Smart. You know? Right. So gun to your head, if you could only have one position, what would it be for the rest of your life? Acting. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I thought you would say like director or producer for sure. No. No, I've, uh, I've always been an actor. and uh, Okay, okay. So that's, that's, that's the fun stuff for me, you know? <laughs> so... Yeah, I've, I've I called myself like the reluctant producer because okay, yeah. it's like, all right, I guess I'll do it. If no, nobody else will do it, I'll do it, you know. So that's that's how uh, that's how things have, have gotten have gotten made. And so, you know, I will continue to do this because I am the only one that will make these films happen. That's true, too. All right. So if you had one dream role or only if there's something that you could see yourself doing in the future or as a child that would blow your mind as an adult now playing a role as, what would that role be? Well, you know, I think, I think some of these roles that we're, that, that we're talking about are, are, are some of the things that we have on our slate. Oh, you know? okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the preacher six role is, is a, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty fun role. And we also have some stuff down the line, that's that's coming up, uh, like the coop, which is uh, it's like a modern western, and that's going to oh, be okay, okay. An, an awesome role to play. So, I would say that uh, they they have not been done yet. Oh, I like that answer. That that's a unique answer. I like that one. <laughs> Thank you. How about okay? So again, you've seen it all. You've played every position pretty much there is in movie, except cameraman. If there's one thing that you could change that you see that's seriously wrong with the movie industry, what would it be? Um, I would say more transparency in distribution. Oh, yeah, and uh, and I think that that's that's something where because um, because like making making a film mm-hmm. is so time consuming and exhausting and like all encompassing that by the time you get the movie made, it's like people kind of run out of steam. 
Uh, you know, it's like, yeah. oh my God, all right, I'm done. Here, I'll just give it to, you know, yeah, somebody, oh, great, so-and-so distributor wants to do it and just give it to them. And, and you know, it's kind of hands-off. Well, they, they're distributors. Hey, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Right. You know, and, um, and then, you know, you find it like, it's basically somebody will put your film out on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. first. Okay. You know, which, uh, for those who don't know, Amazon Prime uh, will pay a filmmaker for that film. Like when you watch a, a mm-hmm. show on Prime, right. um, getting, giving that film about 15 cents for that view. Oh, okay. So, so that's how it works. Gotcha. So which is, if, if, if we all can do math, which I'm sure that we all can do math, that's not a lot of money. Right, of you course. Know? So, you, so in order for a film to make its money back or pay investors or anything like that, you have to have millions of views on a platform like that okay where so and i'm all for you know i'm all for prime i think prime is great Mm -hmm. but but when you do when you put a film on that platform like that first you're basically cutting the legs out from under your film of like how are you going to ever make money back you know from it to pay you know your investors back you know so and uh and you know and it's kind of thing where some some distributors really don't care about the films. Oh. You know, it's like like we'll just take a film, put it up on Prime, and then you know, it's just like one of these movies is going to take off. Right. You know, and we'll leave it up to, you know, the filmmaker, you know, to do to try to get people to watch it or whatever. And um and so they they just kind of like, you know, they're like if you have like as a distributor, you have like, you know, 100 films. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're getting your 20% or 30% or whatever you worked out with, with the producer, right. you know, of like 100 films, you know, on Amazon Prime, the distributor's doing fine. Of course. Each individual filmmaker is still scrambling and selling t-shirts mm. to get their films made. Gotcha. You know, so, so that is what I would change. And, and uh, so there's ways to do it. You know, it's like Preacher Six. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do a DVD release first. Oh, okay. You know? um, and so, you know, I've been making a list. And so, you know, for people that want to that want to support independent film, it's like, you know, buy a DVD, <laughs> you know, because that's that's going to help the filmmaker directly to continue making films. Of course. You know, or to or to pay the people that like help make that film, yeah. you know, so that they can make another one, you know, <laughs> so. So yeah, so I mean, I have my, I have the way that I'm going to do it, right. but um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, it works out, and you know, the support is there, and um, you know, we can keep this train rolling. Well, that's the thing too nowadays. In a perfect world, everyone has their sort of scenario in their head: what is the right way of doing so-called business and to get back returns. Right. But there's so many avenues now that you don't need to do the old school way through going through like Hollywood, going through a, a major distributor, being signed to a label. Like, you know what I mean? Everything could be done independently to the point where yourself or other people involved in projects could make a living and not have to worry ever about feeding their family or having a roof over their head. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's the goal. I mean, you know, look, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still selling T-shirts. You know, so this right. is like this is a this is a process. You know, so hopefully it, it works out just like just like you're saying. You know, um, and it's taken me you know years to to have people you know to kind of build an audience and and um, and have people give a shit about you know what I'm doing. You know, and I think that's that's like part of it too. Is well, of course, making sure that like <laughs> that people give a shit about you and 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 what you're doing. Well, yeah, you know, and also it's like, how do you build an audience? Right. You know, how do people find out about about your your movie? I know, right? Yeah. So it's all all of these things. There are questions too, and um, you know, I mean, that was the first question that that I was like, I asked is like, okay, I'm Kyle. You know, I've done some stuff. You know. Um, you know, I've, I've worked on some big movies here and there. I've done some shows, but it's like, you know, who the fuck am I? Right. You know, has anybody heard of me? You know, no, at the time, you know, so it's like, all right, well, how do I change that? You know, so so these are the questions that you have to ask yourself as a yeah. creator. And then 
it's all going to be different answers. I mean, I can't give anybody the answer, you know, to what it's going to be. But it's like the questions, it's like when you treat yourself like a studio, mm-hmm. like, okay, studios have to build an audience. How am I going to build an audience? Right. You know, then, no, um, then these questions will answer yourself. And, you know, it's like, you know, for somebody that has like a thousand followers and, you know, and they're trying to make a movie and trying to do fundraising and stuff like that, that's, it's not going to happen. It's like, it's like your, your audience has to be bigger, yep. you know, than that. So then your challenge is, well, how do I make more people find out about it? So, so this is a question that I put to anyone listening that, that wants to do this, you know, how, how are you going to make your audience bigger? And if you're listening and you want to give me tips, please, you can help me as well. Cause it's same boat for me with podcasting, right? Like how much, like, what do you have to do to get out there? What needs to be done? And how do you, it's not only to get there, it's to stay there and stay relevant at the same time too. That's what people don't understand. You could keep putting out content over and over, but is it really quality content or is it just that no one has been able to get a hold of you anywhere because they don't know you exist. Right. So Again, another. Well, 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 here's so going back to my my initial point about you know making sure that people give a shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like so that's why like on my on my feed on uh, Twitter, which is at Kyle D Hester. Mm -hmm. uh, What what I'll what I do is like I'll put out like personal stuff. Like this is who I am. You know, this is this is what I think. You know, fuck Trump. (laughs) um, No, without saying fuck Trump because I try to be polite. But um, screw that dirt bag in the White House. Um, but, you know, besides that, you know, and then I'll put like movie stuff up and then I'll okay. put like stuff about, you know, I'm just like, like my mother was from Norway. So it's like I have like Viking ancestors. Okay. So, so I like, I put up a bunch of stuff about that, you know, and it's like, so basically it's like, this is who I am. Right. You know, and I also do movies, mm-hmm. you know, and this is what I think, you know, and it's like, and believe me, I have been told you don't want to do this because you're going to lose half your audience mm. and you don't want to do, you don't want to tell people you're a pagan because that's a minority and right. most Christian and you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yep. you know what? Fuck all of that. <laughs> Good for because you. Th- because this is who I am. <laughs> right. And, and, and this is, you know, this is, it's like, you're either going to follow me and like, Oh, oh cool. You have to agree with everything that I, that I think, you know, I hope that you don't. You know, right. but it's like, you know, so when people go, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Right on. Maybe, maybe I'll learn something. Oh, cool. Kyle's got like Viking ancestry. What's that about? So, mm. oh, oh, you can be like, you can be a pagan and a Viking and not a white supremacist. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. You, you know what I mean? I get so, it, man. It's almost 2020. Anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's like the, yeah, I can kind of oh, be myself and, like, have a little fun, educate people, you know, and express my opinion. Oh. And really, it's like you at the end of the day is people are going to either like you or they're not, and you can't do anything about it. And as long as I don't tell people that, you know, you're an asshole, you know, right. then... You know what I mean? Because that's like that's another thing. I don't even know why I said that, but I mean it's like <laughs> if you if you don't get into it, I only answer people. It's like if, if on my Twitter, it's like if somebody asks me, I what? will respond. You know, so so that doesn't happen very often, but um, but I think that uh, people have that have followed me for a, a long time um, have learned <laughs> not to at me. Because I think I'm pretty smart. So, um, yeah, just be nice. You know, I think it's what it comes down to. It's like we, yeah. if we can all be nice and share opinions, um, then I think we can all learn from each other. And I think that that's where we should all start from. And isn't that what the human race is all about? To take a little bit from each other and to grow and make it better for the next generation? We, one would think. <laughs> One would think, and I think that, like, if we all thought like that, this world would be a better place. Oh, I know. So it just goes to show you what social media has done. But again, but going back to this whole uh, starting off and not knowing what you're doing and all this and you want answers, but social media really doesn't translate towards your art, if that makes sense. Because what I see on social media and the followers I have in social media is nowhere close 
to the people who listen, to the people who interact with me off of social media via email and other forums. Like, you, you know what I mean? So if I was to just go off social media numbers, I would think I, I'm a big failure, right? Because everyone wants the blue check mark. Everyone wants over 10,000 followers at least to be so-called legitimate, like, like all, all this stuff. So it's like, uh, so if it wasn't like in our form, at least when podcasting, I have guests on. So if a guest afterwards tells me that he had a good time or she had a good time or they had a good time, then I'm good. I did my job. And if I see them retweet it or post it on social media and say good stuff, then I know it was decent because obviously you could blow smoke up my ass when we get off the line and say that, oh, yeah, 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 it's good. But then when you don't retweet it or do something that's like, oh, so you really didn't like it or else you would be putting it out there, right? And the same form in you. You you see sales, people come up to you, like you have stuff purchased, you see numbers when it's streamed. So you sort of like, does that make sense where social media really doesn't gravitate towards the art that you're putting out there? Well. At least in podcast form, I find it. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know much about podcasting. Um, but I, but here's what I know about Twitter. Okay. Is it like, if you are a creator on Twitter, um, Twitter is like a radio station. Okay. So, uh, so it's like the same, the people that were, that were on Twitter in the morning are not the same people that are going to be there at, you know, oh, at lunchtime or gotcha. but unless they're like your fans and they, and they like, you know, have, have, have your notifications. Right. On. That's different. You know, yeah. it's like the, the audience is always going to be changing. Right. So it's like, so that's why you'll see, like, I will retweet something that I tweeted like an hour earlier right. because people that are, that are on now weren't the same people that were on an hour ago. Yep. Yep. Makes so, sense. Yeah, so you know, and I've and I've heard that like ah, people are gonna think you're spamming, you know, oh. and it's like, well, the people that just saw it for the first time don't think it's spamming because they just saw it, right? You know what I mean? So it's it's like you kind of got to wrap your mind around what each platform is. So That's and true Twitter too. is is that radio station, mm. you know? So so yeah, so keep putting it out there, you know. It's like if you got a link to your podcast, tweet that shit out, man. You know, every day, every day, yeah. you know, here's a back episode. Yeah. Did you check out this? Here's a link to that episode, you know, so that like, because you're continually gaining new audience. That's true. Too, you know, of so, course. so, so you're, you're this, a new person that's just now met you, you know, who are you and what are you, what do you do? That's why like every day I'll tweet, you know, I have this one tweet where I go, who is this guy? <laughs> you know? And, um, and I have like some films and, and what variations of, you know, either where they're at post-production or whether they're done or whether they're available, you know, and the yeah. links to, or the, you know, the Twitter page for all of them. And I'll tweet that every day, mm. you know, because somebody new is going to see that every day. So it's like, you have to be reintroducing yourself while you are also like keeping your, uh, your audience has always been there entertained and, continuing to give a shit see but that's the thin line that i find so what i usually do is i only do podcast stuff on instagram and twitter going back and forth on those two platforms that's it so between the two of them i'm usually posting something once a day but i there's that thin line where okay i understand posting every day and ramming it down people's asses to get the new followers but at the same time you're risking having people unfollow you or even worse muting you because now you have all these numbers and you see people are following you but you have no interaction so that means they either muted you or blocked well blocked i guess is a different thing but you know what you know what here's the thing you you can't care about that i guess you really can't no no Uh, this is this is my opinion but it's like if somebody is gonna mute you they don't care about you anyway so that's really Uh, not your audience i see so if if they do care they're going to follow you and, you know, and they'll like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that tweet, but that's cool. You know, like wait for something, wait for something, you know, uh, some new information or, or whatever. But um, but it's like, you know, it's, it's the same thing that goes back to, you know, if I said something, you know, about, you know, Trump or whatever. Mm. And so somebody got upset. I, I <laughs> yeah, Hey, man, I, that's just me. So it's like you're either going to accept that's me. And roll with it because I only put facts out. I right. don't like call anybody names or yeah, yeah. you know anything like that. I'll just I'll just tweet facts, you know. And um and if you don't like facts, then I don't know what to tell you, you know. So well, so yeah, I mean it's just like it, it just goes back to like being 
your authentic self, self yeah. and people are going to either gravitate towards that or they're not. And and so and there's and there's nothing that I can do about whether somebody gravitates towards me or not. Mm-hmm. I just have to keep being myself. That's true because a lot of people go off the fear of well, what if there's more people who don't like me versus who like me? So am I really a good person? Right, so you can't really let that bother you if you know deep down that you're a good person, like we said, right? Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, it's like you know, as far as since we're talking about social media, it's like you know, there's billions of people on the world. There's over 300 million people in America. Yeah, you know, so so you will find your audience. So it's like, of course. So if you are not bullshitting, because you can't bullshit. You know, an audience, it's like, you know, what you see is what you get from me. Right. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to fuck you over. Um, but you're going to know what I think because I can't help myself in today's climate. Right. You know, so like before, you know, we had the current participant in the White House. I didn't really tweet about politics very much because of, of all course. of those reasons. But it's like, man, you know, my family was here in the American Revolution. Yeah. So, you know, I have a history of people kind of on the fighting for like American freedom and for what's right and just. So it's like, so I can't like, you know, just, oh, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I may make somebody mad, you know, and no, you know, mm-hmm. so. No, it makes sense. I see it. I see it both ways. Again, it's just, I guess, the fickle world we live in nowadays that even when you say you don't want to tippy toe, you still find yourself tippy toeing in certain areas of your life, right? Well, I mean, there's common decency. I mean, there's, you know, there's not being an asshole. Oh, of course. And I think that, you know, so, yeah, you know, but then there's also, you know, having your own, you know, personal moral code, you know, of, of what's okay and what's not okay. And I think that that's what you'll see, what I express is my own personal moral code of what's okay and what's not okay without, like, calling people names right, or of belittling anybody or, you know... Yeah, and like I always say with people, even when it comes to like comedy, when someone's making a joke and they're like, oh, that's a bad tone. It's like, is it really a bad tone? You know he's telling a joke, so how could it be in bad tone if it's a joke? Now, if he was attacking you and coming at you with anger in his face and you could tell his voice is getting higher, then, okay, you could say whatever you want. But the tone is there from the beginning that you know it's a fucking joke. So why are you getting pissed off? Yeah, I, I agree. I think comedy, that's a, you know, that's something where, hey, man, you're, you're going to see some comedy and um, and things that are funny, things that like make people laugh are things that make people uncomfortable. That's what laughing is. It's ah, like you're laughing right. because something made you not comfortable. Right, right. You know, so you have to express that in like laughter, you know. Makes sense. So I think, yeah, um, I think the whole comedy thing, you know, it's like the world has gotten a little bit too PC. Thank you know, you. it's like George Carlin, you know, didn't give a shit. You <laughs> right? know, it's like he just said whatever he wanted. And it, it was all hilarious because people can understand what he's saying and like, you know, a roll with it. Oh, go, oh, my God, that's so fucked up. And that's hilarious. <laughs> and I think that, uh, yeah. So the, I think we need more of that. I think so, too. Well, OK, before we get on to the dumbass of the week, one last thing. Other than movies, set aside everything to do with movies what do you like to do on your downtime when you're not involved in the movie industry? Do you have anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I do. I like to, um, I like to hang outside around a fire oh. with my close friends. Oh, okay. Do. Okay, okay. No, that, hey, that's fair. Like, you just want to be one with nature, I guess, and take it all in. Yeah, I think just uh, uh just uh, you know, kind of putting the phone down and and having a glass of mead and you know, tell stories around a fire. You know, that's that's a good time for me. Okay, what's mead? Uh, remember, I'm from Toronto. What is mead? I've never heard of this drink. Um, mead is a wine that's made from honey. Ooh. So mead is is basically one of the original alcoholic beverages that has been drank for thousands of years from the egyptians to the vikings to it's like every everywhere basically all you need is like honey and yeast and water right. and you have like a honey wine oh wow it's really good and you, you could buy this in stores or is this something you make at home both oh um, you can buy it in stores but i also make my own oh wow so and and yeah so if you look up um let's 
Mead. If you put Mead on a search in Twitter and maybe my name, right. I, I actually like did like a whole I'm making Mead tonight. Oh. Um, actually, if you look that up, that'll probably come up. But uh, and I, I walk through how to do it. Oh, nice. So there you go. If people want to drink wine, but honey wine, I guess, then fuck, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's great. It's good stuff. And is it sweet or does it take away the sweetness? Like, I, I wonder, and is it like thick, like um, the texture? Um, it depends. It depends how you make it. There's oh, like okay. different, there's different uh, ways to like, you can make it kind of light, like a light beer. And oh, then you could okay. also use more honey, which would be like a brandy. So, oh. so you can, yeah, it's different ways to do it. Oh, nice. Cause I'm a brandy guy myself. So maybe I would like that version of it. Oh, you, you would love it. You would love it. It'll get you there too if you drink the, the brandy style. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, ready for the dumbass of the week? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so everyone knows I have weird people on every so often, and usually from Florida. But this week, the dumbass of the week is brought to you by Utah. So there's this woman. She was driving down the street. Thirty-eight year old woman. First off, she had no license plate. So right there alone, just for that, she should just be a dumbass. But there's more. She was driving down the street, and obviously, having no license plate, what do you think happens? She gets pulled over by the cops, right? Okay. So the cops pull her over. They do the whole flashlight thing. And they notice that there's some paraphernalia for drugs and stuff. Powdery substance all over the place. I guess she was maybe nervous, and then it flew all over the place. And that substance later was tested to be meth. So, obviously, she was smoking meth. If I was to show you a picture of this woman and what she looked like, no offense to anyone who looks like this, but you could tell she's on meth because she looks like a clown. Like, her makeup totally looks like something out of it or I don't know what the fuck, but you could tell (laughs) she was not in her right mind when she put on her face that morning. (laughs) So, right away, I'm sorry to say, sometimes you could judge a person by the cover. (laughs) So, that's not the worst part about all of this. So you have all this, no license plate, meth, she looks like a crackhead, all perfect writings for disaster, right? Can you believe, and I'm sorry, I hate people who do this and deadbeat parents are a big no-no to me, even though I'm not a parent myself, but I know how it is to have deadbeat parents, so that's why maybe I hate it. Can you believe this fucking bitch threw her daughter under the bus and tried to pretend that she was her own daughter so she wouldn't get charged? Oh, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> so this that person's a up. fucking stupid dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's like a that's like a special kind of dumbass. That's like uh that's that's a fucked up sell you sell out your own family because you have clown make on and you got a meth habit. You know, that uh hey, you know, I think that kind of uh I think that kind of tells a story in itself. You know, I think it's like what what meth will do to you is it will make you put on makeup like a clown and sell out your family. So that actually should be like the old commercial of like, uh, you know, this is your brain, this right? is your brain on drugs, you know, the frying pan, you know, that one. Yes, of course. Um, it should be like, this is you when you were, oh. you know, a junior in high school, all, all pretty, all like, you know, beautiful oh and, you know, sweet little dress. This is you, you know, 15 years down the line on meth, all cracked out with fucking clown makeup on. <laughs> You know, I think I think we have we have an ad campaign here. I'll split it with you 50-50. Hey, no problem. Let's do it. Let's start pitching it to the school systems, man. <laughs> Seriously. Because, <laughs> again, looking at her, it says that she's 38, but I, w- I would say she looks like she's 50. So, again, this is what meth does to people. It ages you so severely that you look like yeah. a, a cracked-out clown at 50. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really bad for you. Meth is bad for you. Don't do meth, kids. Don't do meth. Oh my goodness. All right, Kyle, I hope you had a good time. Now the time is for you to shine. It's all yours. Plug all your shit where people can find you. Any upcoming projects? Hey, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on, man. This has been a blast. Um, I, you know, the, the best place to find me is uh, at, at Kyle D. Hester on Twitter. And, uh, and I, I post about my other stuff on there. And if you just want to follow my Preacher Six, because you don't want to hear me talk about Viking shit or the fact that Trump's an asshole, then you can just follow at Preacher Six, and that's where the film is. And uh, and yeah, but otherwise, come on, let's uh, let's let's. Do I not entertain you? <laughs> well, you entertain me, that's for sure. <laughs> 
Right on, man. This has been a blast. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finga Styles, or you can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast at gmail.com. Go support the sponsors. Rewind, listen to the top of the show. I got three amazing sponsors each and every week. Please help them out, which helps me out. And the most important, please, extra please, go rate, subscribe, review on all the major key platforms like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. All good, my friend? All good. One last question. I wonder if this is true. Is your dad a former football player in the NFL? Yes. Yeah, he played for the Saints. Oh, I can't believe we didn't touch on this. <laughs> I'm a huge <laughs> football right, fan. That's all right. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have you on next time, and then we could talk about some football talk, because I'm a huge Eagles fan, so we could exchange oh. stories. Perfect. Yeah, anytime, man. <laughs> Sounds good. On that note, he's Kyle. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.